you know, when you're a kid, being fast is everything, right? Uh, if, if you're fast, that means everything in the world. My brother was telling me that his son went and tried on new shoes in a shoe store. And when he tries on new shoes, he has to put them on, and they're in the shoe store, and he's got to run as fast as he can across the store and back. And that's his test. Like, he's got to see. And he ran, put on the first pair. He ran there and back. These are too slow. Tries on a new pair. Gets to, like, the fourth pair, and finally he finds a fast pair. And then these are the ones that he's going to get. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I don't really, really want to brag on me too much, but uh, I was pretty fast, and that was helpful because I was also really small with a loud mouth, <laughs> and so that gets you in a lot of trouble. I could always incite the big bully, but then I was too small to, you know, actually like beat him up or anything. So the good thing is I was fast, so I could make him angry, and then I could run away from him. Um, when I was in, I, I was always pretty pretty fast. So, um, I, I, you know, when I was playing football, if anybody touched me, I was down, but you, sometimes I could outrun them, you know, and that was kind of helpful. Um, so I played football for a long time. When I got in 10th grade, um, everybody else hit growth spurts and I still have not hit mine. <laughs> and, uh, so they were all a little bit bigger than me. And, uh, some other kids had gotten a little faster and I wasn't like the fastest kid anymore. And, uh, and I remember I got to play a little bit the first few games and then no more. So like the fifth game of the season, I was, you ever watch football and everybody's like sweaty and gross? Not me. <laughs> I was out there. I was a little chilly, you know, because I, I was just freezing cold. And we would actually, me and some of the other bench warmers would take grass and rub them on our numbers <laughs> just so that we look a little dirty like we got in the game. Um, so that was me, 10th grade. It was pretty tough. I wasn't getting to play, uh, but my brother, meanwhile, is like Mr. Bob. We, our mascot was the Bobcats. He's Mr. Bobcat. He's the quarterback. He's like, you know, star pitcher. He's a big deal. I don't get to play at all. So it's wearing on, my, it's wearing on me just a little bit. So that summer, he's, uh, he's working out. He went, he went and played in college, so he's doing all his college workouts. So um, we worked... Um, after work, every day, he and I, we'd go to the field, and we'd work out every day. Five days a week, we worked out. We'd be flipping tractor tires, and it was, it was real impressive. You should have seen it. Um, but I, I worked out that whole summer. I'm talking about super hard, and uh, we lifted weights. We, I never worked so hard. To, if I worked that hard, I'd have no cholesterol problems, right? Um, but we, I put in the whole summer, worked super hard. The next year, um, I got to play. And uh, I don't want to—I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but toot toot. Um, but I—I uh, I led the team in tackles the next year. Big deal. For me. I didn't play it all the year before. I worked super hard and had a great year. Now we won one game, to be fair. <laughs> and uh, and the other guy who would have led us in tackles through six games, he had 65 tackles, and then he broke his ankle and couldn't play the rest. And I finished the season with 66. <laughs> so. But I still, I still led the team, and, I, you know, you don't need all the context. I was the man. Um, but I, I, there has never been really a time in my life where I was like, this stinks for me. I'm going to put in a heck of a lot of work, and, and, and now I'm going to see if it pays off. Never been a time as much as that where I saw so much of a difference. To me, sometimes, the work that I've done here in the church, has been that scrawny 10th grader all over again. 
And I'm trying, you know, I'm doing my best. But, but trying to do it with excellence and working hard to make sure it's great, and that hasn't always been me. Working hard and, and having some victories and that kind of thing. And if I can pull from the analogy for a minute, but, um, and really, it, I'm just being totally honest with you. If, if, I, if I couldn't say this, then I just wouldn't say it. I wouldn't lie about it. But these past few years have been the richest church experience that I've ever had. I mean, and I've been in church since I was like, you know, before I can remember. I got pictures of me being dedicated as a baby. I mean, I've been at it for a long, long time. But this has been incredible for me. And, 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 I've, and I've been a part of a church family that, that has loved me and that I have loved. And, and, man, I hear pastors talk about their people. And, look, they talk about their people. They're not their people, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're going, they're going some real struggles. And this has been so great. And I, and I... That's, that's always been a hard thing is, is, is the level of enjoyment that I've been able to have, but then yet feeling like we haven't done all that God has called us to do. But so I'm walking through all that, and the realization for me that we haven't done all that God has called us to do has been tough because when I, when I look around at us and I survey who we are, I see a lot of people who are sincere. I mean, you've been in church with people who weren't very sincere, right? That's, that's a challenge. But I see people that are sincere and, and smart, some of you, and committed, no, I'm kidding, and, uh, and committed and compassionate and incredibly hardworking. Let me tell you, after we went, when we went and um, did the house in, um, we went and did the mud out in uh, Hammond, the one in Hammond. Um, I remember a lot of you guys left, and I was still there with some folks from Vicksburg, and, uh, and their pastor goes, uh, he, he goes, no knock on you guys, but man, those women can work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I mean, we just spent the whole day, you know, those big wheelbarrow loads, and, and, uh, and, and I think, man, that's us, you know, just people who, who put in the work. And I think you got leadership that is dedicated, and uh, and whether we're smart or not, I don't know, but we're really educated, and uh, and for a church our size to have a couple folks that have been to seminary and, and at least done all that kind of training, and that's unusual. People that are committed and and working hard, and with all that, I think that the fact that that I'm I you know that still sometimes we're not accomplishing all that we set out to accomplish must mean that that something is something is missing because it's not for lack of effort and it's not for lack of of good people what is it and so that's when we begin to sit down and say what's the difference you know and how do we do all that God has called us to do and so that's what I want to do today I want to tell you how how we get to there and how we get from a five foot tenth grader to a five three eleventh grader you know who's just making all the difference um, not, we're not really going for 5, 3, 11th grade. That'd be sad. But, um, but that's what we're going to walk through today. So let me pray for us before we jump into that. God, I just want to say so incredibly clearly that for all the plans that we make, we put them in your hands. And we say, God, you have a plan, and all we're really trying to do is to get on board with what you're already doing. So that's what we offer to you today. Amen. Um. Before we get into that, I, I, w- I want to give you a little bit of context from Scripture. It from comes from 1 Corinthians 9. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul's referencing sports. So he's, he's writing to the church at Corinth. Corinth is a huge sports town. 
Um, it kind of reminds me of, do you guys remember years ago before they started like spreading the Super Bowl around to all the different places? And it felt like the Super Bowl was in New Orleans like every four years or something. And this was like a big sports town and we had every, if it was a big sporting event and it was going to happen at all in this region, it was happening here. And, uh, and this is like, so Corinth is at that kind of vibe. They have the Ismithian Games, and so, so what those are is there's like the biggest games in the world, and that's the Olympics, and then they have these games. And they hold them in the city. They do it every other year, and, uh, and so these are people that are very much so, they're all about sports. And uh, if you see, if you ever see pictures of these games, it's a, you know basically a bunch of dudes in skirts, you know, punching each other and racing and all kind of stuff like that. Um, but they were, they were all about it, and everybody... Everybody was in on it. And, uh, and Paul writes to these people, and he's given an analogy about the church, and he makes this sports analogy. Uh, 1 Corinthians nine twenty four, And in verse 24 he says, Do you not know, and, and this is funny, he's like, of course you know this. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize." And what he's saying through the midst of this is we have a goal. Like, like we as believers, we have a big goal. And, and that goal is to, to follow Jesus, to introduce people to Jesus and tell them about him, to serve people, to love people, to lead them when possible into a relationship with him. That's our goal, right? And for all the other things we may do, that's the big thing, introducing people to Jesus, loving them, loving God. That's our goal. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And he says, that's all, that's the finish line. And all of our life is the race. And he says, run this race towards that goal like you're actually trying to win. You know, like you're trying to get the goal. These people in these races, if you were a part of the games, you you trained 10 months out of the year. And then you had the games and then you took a month off. If anybody looked at your life and your work and all the things that you did, they knew that you were a part of these games. And he says, man, they're training to win. You train to win. And I think if somebody looked at my life, would they say very clearly, oh, it's clear that your mission and your goal in life is to follow Jesus. And that's evident by everything that you do. And if somebody looked at our church, would they say, oh, clearly your church is fighting and working as hard as they can to be the absolute best that they can when it comes to following and serving Jesus. Because I look at Paul and he's saying, no, not, not some simple training. I'm talking about the most rigorous training that you could ever undergo. I'm talking about putting in some real work to reach the end. And to me, what God made incredibly clear to me just through a long process is, if you're going to do this, we're going to do church together. We've got to work at it like we actually want it to be good. You know, when I go to work, uh, man, I've, I've, got, I've got organizational charts and we've got calendars and posters and we do PD and we teach each other. You know, we have all kind of, we're working so hard to be good at what we do. 
And then sometimes I get to church and I go, you know, this is just, this doesn't require the, the effort to be good. It just all comes really naturally. But you know that anything you want to be good at takes some work. Parenting, your job, right? Anything that you want to be good at takes a little bit of work. So if you want to know the why, why the emphasis on doing something different and being something better in the future, that's really why. Because God called us to do this thing with excellence. And God called us to do this the best that we can. And I can't give you a more complicated why, but that's it. Um, So before I get into all the why and exactly what we're going to do, uh, I want to give you some honest truth, okay? I had to ask myself, much like when you... um, much like I think a lot of you guys would do, is I had to say after we've been doing this for a few years, and we it was really on a Sunday where we had, uh, you know, um, we had we'd really hit a place where that was challenging for me. You know, some people had left. Um, some of you guys just happened to be out on a Sunday, and I take things too personal, you know. And uh, and 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 I think there were like there were seven of us here that day, and I was like, God, you know, I love these seven people, or the, you know, these other six, but. Is this what you want me to do? Is this what you called? Is this what you gifted me for? Because if that's it, then I'll do it. But I'm just wondering if that's it. And is this the thing that you have very clear to me? Because it, it felt so clear to me at the beginning that this is what you called me to do. Is this where you want me to be? And is this the kind of thing that you set me up to do? And so I'm asking those questions. Shortly after that, I begin to see that there, and I shared with you, you guys a little bit in, in, uh, in some of the small group, but I see um, five different church planners that are between three and, and five or six years old, and they're, uh, three of them closed down. They just, you know, they couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. Their, uh, their pastors were, were getting salary from the church. It was their livelihood, and so, you know, they, they had, to, had to live, and so they closed down. Two other ones moved, like, across the city, um, and so I get that they're working hard to, to make it, um, but to me, it felt like if, if our church is going to move, and that's what, that's what somebody said, you know, I have the business in Gentilly, and they're like, well, why don't you just move the church to Gentilly? Then you can meet in your location, and you can, and I say, well, my people don't live in Gentilly, you know, um, so that doesn't make sense to me, and, um, and, and it was just a, a, a real clear, you know, thing that, that we were going to be here and in this area, and even as people come from Kenner and, and Gentilly and, and the West Bank, and at different times all over the city, it became clear to me, though, that this was the place that we were going to be. And uh, I'm seeing these churches kind of, kind of, you know, do this thing, and, and basically they're struggling. And then I see three more churches just that I know of in our city, sort of in, in that window that closed down. You guys been in Harahan, right? There's a garage where a church used to be. Um, you know, and, and that kind of thing's happening. And, and so I'm coming to realize that this stuff is pretty hard. And, and can I do it? You know, am I cut out for it? Because, you know, I'm going to be honest, I meet a lot of other pastors, and not many of them are like me. <laughs> Most of them are a lot more sensitive than I am. And I think maybe that's part of it. Maybe I, I should be more sensitive, you know. And so you just begin to wonder all those kind of things. So I, I start to ask that question. I read this next passage, and, and I've shared this with some of you guys. It's become my, my rallying cry. But it's really where God spoke to me in a way that was so clear that I said, yeah, that, that, that's clear. You got Nehemiah, Old Testament. He's building a wall. The wall, he's, what happened is Jerusalem has been scattered. And just to make sure that they wouldn't come right back after their enemy defeated them, they tore down the, the walls of the temple. The city is, is in ruins. And Nehemiah feels this call to go back. 
and he leaves a great job, he leaves a, a great position, and he goes back, and he's, and he's working to rebuild the wall. And everybody's trying to stop him, and it's super discouraging for him. And, uh, and some of the neighboring kings ask him to come out and to meet with them. And, and, and here's the way that he responded. Nehemiah said to them, he said, I am carrying on a great project, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? And it became really clear to me. It's what I've been trying to voice that I just couldn't get out, that I felt like God was saying to me. And what it was is, I'm doing something great, and I cannot, I will not come down. And that was really clear to me. We are not coming down because this is a God-ordained work and it's not the time to come down. And I don't know if that says something to you. That was, that was a moment for me that was huge. And, you know, I want to say all kind of things like mama didn't raise no quitter, you know, and, and just really motivate myself. But it was really so beyond that. It was just a really incredibly clear thing that this is what God had called us to be and to do. And I had to say to myself, and I had to make it real clear, no, I'm not coming down. That's not the thing. And then came the way harder part. Okay, um, I don't know what I'm doing. And so uh, we're going to keep doing it. So how do we run this race as though to win? You know, like, God, what about this thing needs to, needs to be different so that, and here's the, so that we can do it with excellence? And no matter who comes, I mean, there have been people in the Bible that, that God called them to do something incredible, and, and, and no one was added to their fellowship, right? Like, nobody listened to them. I don't think, that's not the metric for, for how successful you are. But God, how can we do it with excellence and leave all the results to you? But how can we do it in that way? I don't know how to do it. And so, that's the part that we begin to walk through. And so I just want to do this the best way that I can. I just want to share with you what's kind of cooking, you know, what's been sort of cooking behind the scenes and all the stuff that I've been saying, something's coming, you know, and all that stuff. And, uh, and I'm just going to spew it all out at you in the best way that I know how. And uh, I don't know any other way to do it, so I'm just going to share it with you. Um, but uh, here's what we're going to do, uh, a few different things. And this is our effort at saying, God, in, in the next phase of our, of our church's life, this is how we're going to do it better. Um, one... We're moving to a, uh, a co-pastor model. And so here's what that means. Um, Colby, who used to pastor here, and, uh, and his wife and their family are going to come join us. They're going to come in. Uh, Colby's going to come in December. Um, the rest of their family. Colby's just going to come and preach in December. The rest of their family is going to come on in, in January. And, uh, and he and I and Robbie, uh, the sort of the way that it works now is... Um, is I'm the big dog and Robbie's the puppy, right? And uh, no, I'm kidding. But um, but 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 we're we're sort of moving away from that lead pastor and, and associate pastor sort of thing, and we're going to do it together, and 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 we're going to run this co-pastor model, and we're going to share in the responsibility of of because what I come to realize is, look, I was I made this organizational chart. This is the nerd me. This is these are the things that I do. But I made this chart, and I said, what all needs to happen? And I start I start saying, these are the, these are the things we got to put in different pockets. And I come to realize that I'm making this list, and I'm going, holy cow, like Jess and I, and here's the thing, incredibly needlessly, Jess and I are trying to do all these things. And that didn't make any sense. Because I have people asking all the time, what do you need help with? What can you do? And, uh, and, and, and
and, and I'm just like, you know, it's kind of like when somebody offers to help, but you don't got it together, and you're like, you just get out of my way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, like, I've got to get it together in order to do this, and I'm listening to these things, and I'm like, no wonder, like, it's not getting done, because even in this small place, there's just way too much to do, and I just spit all over everything. Let <laughs> me wipe that off a little bit. Okay, I'm good. Um, even in this time, there's just way too much to do. And so this is our effort at saying we really had to come to a place to say if we're going to lead bivocationally, um, and these are and there are certain things that a pastor is called to do, how can we actually do that well? And and that was really the idea is is we're we're taking those pastoral duties and we're spreading them out and we're all going to laser focus in on the piece that we're going to accomplish, and that's how we're going to do it with excellence. And so that was sort of a big part of, of, of how we're going to do it. We're going to share the pulpit. Well, I'm going to lead worship sometimes. And, no, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, that wasn't funny to anybody. You haven't heard me sing, clearly. Um, but we're going, to, we're going to sort of spread those things out. We're going to do those things together. We're going to make decisions together and, um, and, and hold one another accountable and, and pick one another up and do some of those kind of things. So that's a big, huge part of it. Um, I, uh, here's what's exciting about it to me. It's a whole lot of new people. Um, Colby and his wife, they have like way too many kids. And so, uh, um, uh, they, four of the five are going to come with us. Uh, one is she's 20 and she's going to go there. She's going to continue to go to church in the city, but, um, but they're going to come and, and, and join the work. And that's just exciting to me. You know, um, obviously Paige works with me and Colby's been a friend of mine for a while and that's just pretty exciting. Um, so, so like I said, he's going to come on in December. The rest of their family is, is going to, they're, they're going to come collectively together probably in January, January 6th, January 13th. And that's sort of a target date for, for making a lot of things new and changing a lot of things. So if you're writing things down, major point one, major prayer point one is to pray for them. Pray for him and his family. Um, they're trying to finish well where they are. And, uh, and so I don't want to like go on Facebook and be like, yeah, get here when you can. We're so excited because we want to give them the space to sort of finish that well. But I want to pray for them and be prayerful for their family as they sort of make that transition and that kind of thing. So that's the first point. The second one is this. The second one is, is one that I sort of wrestled with because I, I, I don't want to lean into consumerism. You know, I don't want to lean into like, like trying to do church like, like a like company or like business, you know. But, um, but we came full circle on this. But the second one is, is growing to a, a critical mass. So, so here's what, here's what sort of some of that means. Right now, we're not, we're not sustainable in terms of, like, if our partners quit giving to us, then we couldn't even afford to, to like, meet here, you know. And, uh, and so there comes a point at which we have to spend a little bit, and, and we're not there. You know, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't do that on our own. Um, and there's just not enough of us to lead and to teach and to do the, the work of the ministry with excellence. Some of that idea comes from this. In, in ancient, uh, ancient Jews, what they would do is, in order for you to have a synagogue in your town, you had to have ten men, which essentially represented ten families or maybe eight families if there were a couple men in a family. And, um, but they recognized that if we're going to, to be able to do the work that it takes to have a synagogue in our city, it's going to take... Uh, a certain number of people to, to do this work. And what we've come to recognize, especially in a place where everyone here has a job, and everyone here goes to work, and everybody's pulling from the extra, um, that, that the critical mass is something that we have to get to. And uh, it, puts, it puts more people in kids. It puts more, more talent in the music pool. It puts more people doing sound. It puts more people that can do the web. It's just a whole lot of different things that, that you can sort of gain by that. So here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to have a vision night in December. We may change the name. Who knows? Um, and uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask some friends of mine that are believers and, uh, and, and some other folks are as well. And we're going to say, would you consider? Um, and look, I'm not going to, no way am I going to go to another church like us that's our size, that's struggling to make it work because that wouldn't make any sense. Um, but I'm going to come and say, I want you to consider um, coming and be a part of helping our church plant sort of reach this critical mass and make the impact in our community that we feel like God's called us to make. And what I don't want you to do is to say, well, I hate my church anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sure, I'm coming because you're going to hate this, you know. It's just we're, we're not that much better than your church. And so, so you know, now if, if, if your church is like, uh, you know, loves the devil or I don't know, something crazy, you know, then by all means, come on. But, but, uh, but, but we want folks who say, I want to come join in this mission. That's what we're going to ask some folks to do. And so that's part of it. We're going to ask them to come to the vision night in December, and we're going to, we're going to, what we're going to do there is we're just going to, to do as we sort of work towards what services are going to look like. There'll be a lot of changes to sort of Sunday morning. As we work towards what that looks like in January, we're going to work for that December service to look like that. And we want to share with people about who we are and what we do and those kind of things. And, uh, and we want to, to put that service together in a way that, that people really understand. This is what I'm coming into. This is what I'm coming in to be a part of. So I'm going to ask believers to, to come in and be a part of that. And then I'm going to ask anybody else, anybody that, that maybe goes to church but, but doesn't identify as a follower of Jesus. I'm going to ask people that, um, that don't go to church at all. I'm going to ask you anybody, and I'm going to say, but, you know, it's just a little bit different. It's just going to say, I want you to come and see what we're all about and consider joining us. Um, but, uh, but I just wanted to be clear about the distinction because what I don't want to do is say, uh, if we can get one person from, from every other church that really doesn't like their church to come join us, we can look bigger. <laughs> and then all we are is the same thing, but nastier, you know, and, uh, and, and we don't want that. And so that's why some of the distinction. So we're going to ask those folks to come. That's going to be like December 9th or 16th or something. It's a Sunday night. I'm not exactly sure. It, it, it may not be here. It may be somewhere else. We may find another venue to, to do that in. Um, but so that's one thing that we're going to do to sort of reach that critical mass and, and taking some principles from Scripture about, you know, how we can effectively gather together and that kind of thing. So prayer point, emphasis point number two, is, is that we can get there. Uh, I, we average right now, um, in case you're wondering, kids and adults, uh, this past month we averaged 21, 21 people in the building. We're a little, I think we're a little higher than that today. Um, at one time, we, we had a month where we averaged like 38. Now, we had one huge Sunday in there. Um, but, but that's where we are right now. And so we'd love to get to 40. We'd love to get to 40 folks. And so uh, I found the biggest pastoral family I could find <laughs> to try to get us there a little faster. And, um, but... Um, but so just, just with them, you know, um, we're going we're gonna to get a little closer. But I want you to pray for that, and I want you to consider who may, who have you sort of invited, but, you know, who may want to be a part of that? And I want you to consider inviting them to that. So that's the second one. The third one is this, uh, more new people. We're going to bring on an intern. And uh, I'll explain to you how we're paying for all that. For one, we're not paying one of them, and we're barely paying the other. That's how we're doing it. Um, but, uh, but here's how we're doing it. So some of you guys know uh, Christina, uh, Jim, who's the pastor at Riverside, his daughter, Christina. Um, she is, uh, she's coming to seminary, which is wild to me that someone who's in my youth is now, you know, at that phase in life. But, um, but she's going to come to the seminary, and so we met with them. And um, she, uh, she plays music. 
She likes to work with children. Let me tell you how it works. Let me tell you how God works, okay? Jess and I, we decided we're, we're all in, you know. We, we're, we're in it to win it. And, uh, and then Jess gets on Facebook, and Christina posts this thing that said, you know, I'd really like to, to go to seminary and be vested in the place where, where I'm in seminary. And, and what I, or somebody asked me what I'd like to do. I'd like to do that. I'd really like to, to, to help lead worship at maybe a church plant, serve in the kids' ministry, and I'd do it all for free. <laughs> like the same day, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, and for free, you know. And um, it was just, and so that day, you know, uh, we reached out to, to her and said, hey, we know a place where you can do all that, you know, for free. You can even pay us if you want. And, um, and so we began to walk that road. And so you can, you can go on her Facebook, and she's already said yes, and we extended the offer to her. And so she's coming on board, and she'll come again in January. And, uh, and so Robbie's still going to lead uh, coordinate and facilitate what worship looks like and what the music part of the service looks like, but she's going to join in that. And so you can go on Facebook and go to her page and, 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 and listen to some of her singing and stuff and, you know, get excited about it. And if you know her, you can tell her, can't wait to have you. I'm so excited for that. And um, so that's another thing. She's going to do some of those roles. She's also going to do some of those little things like ordering coffee when we're out and ordering supplies and just some of that little kind of stuff. Here's how we're doing it. Um, my company needs a, uh, I mean, really it's a glorified hall monitor. That's what we really need. And so um, it's a real simple job. It has a lot of downtime. And I thought, why don't we take some downtime and put somebody in that position who can also serve in the church? And so what she's going to do is she's going to work for, for, for my company, but there's a whole lot of free time in there. And so in that free time, she's going to do some of that prep work and things for the church. And so, uh, no, we didn't hit the lottery. I'm not the $1.6 billion winner. Um, that's, that's sort of how we're, we're working some of that out. So third point of emphasis, pray for Christina. And if you know her, put on her Facebook. Can't wait to see you and get her excited about coming and being a part. So, um, so that's three things. So that's uh, uh, co-pastoring and bringing people on board, growing the critical mass. That's bringing on the intern. Um, and then here's the thing that I'd really hope to have spelled out, but I just don't for you today. But uh, it has a lot to do with time and space. Um, so I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But, um, but with regards to where we meet or when we meet, um, we're going to do something differently. And here's the only thing. We don't know at all what that's going to look like. But here's, here's what's significant to me. I'd be foolish to say, if I move somewhere, and, uh, and I'd be foolish to say that none of that matters. It doesn't matter, you know, um, if the grass is knee-high. Oh, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter if, you know, all the things about the way it looks and that kind of thing doesn't matter. Um, because it does. Uh, we had, Jess was at work the other day, and somebody said, uh, did you know a church meets in Fox and Hound, that old restaurant? Is that not the weirdest thing? <laughs> And, uh, and Jess was like, oh, I happen, you know, I happen to know the people there. Um, but I hear consistently people are, right, people aren't, most people aren't looking for a reason to go to church. They're looking for a reason not to. <laughs> and, uh, and I would say, oh, those things don't matter. If people want to come, then they'll come, you know, and that stuff doesn't matter. But then I recognize that, that, that Jesus left the riches of heaven to come down here when I was running from him. He ran towards me, and I serve a God who has been incredibly accommodating of me running far from him. And then I talk about everybody else and go, well, if they want to follow Jesus, they, they know where we are. 
And, and that's the part where, to me, it says, um, with regards to everything that we do, including when we meet and, and where we meet and how we meet and, and who we are, all those things matter. Because it's all a part of us being prudent to chase after people in the way that Jesus did for us. And so I don't know exactly, again, what that's going to look like. I want to, I want to talk with you and, uh, and sort of flesh some of that out. Um, but some of those things are coming. That may sort of come on a little bit later. But, but those are things that we're talking about. Um, I, uh, so emphasis number four, prayer point, emphasis point, is may God make it incredibly clear where and when. Just where and when. Where does he want us to be? When? What time should we meet? All those things. And some of that would be some discussion with some of these folks, you know, and I don't know exactly what that looks like. That's just transparency. But maybe you're like, I've had this great idea, and I happen to own a large church building. No, I don't know. But, um, but, but, but being prayerful about that. And then the last thing I'll just say is, is, is a big point of it is just a heck of a lot of getting better, you know, making sure that our prayer times are, are fruitful, um, making sure that we create an inviting and evangelistic culture, um, making sure that we, we follow up when people visit, making sure that we follow up on our ser- service initiatives, um, making sure that our website is updated. Before I put this calendar up, um, that for this semester it hadn't been updated in a year, and, uh, and the number one way to get people to not come to your website is to not have relevant information on it. And anytime you tell somebody about your church, if I tell somebody about the church, um, I can see how much traffic we get. We get like three or four hits every time. And that tells me that people are going to look, you know. And, and when nothing's new there and half the page says under construction, they go, well, <laughs> I mean, they don't, half the page is under construction. I'm sure the rest of the church is like that. And so, so doing some of that better. Um, we started talking about membership a long time ago before, you know, we, we began to have some, some struggles. And we're going we're gonna to pick that up and we're going to make sure that we have meaningful membership. And I could go through a whole lot of things. But it's, it's, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. So the prayer and emphasis point number five is this, and this is the last one, is, is asking yourself, what am I naturally good at? What am I naturally gifted in? What do I have the space and the capacity to do? What do I feel like God has been leading me to do? And, and then saying, how can I do that in the church? You know, God, I got arms like Popeye. I can sweep like nobody's business, you know? Um, you know, maybe that's it. You know, maybe, maybe it's something that you, you know that God has been, been really putting on you to do. And, and coming forward and saying, this is the piece that I can do. And so pray about where God would lead you there. So let me close with this. Um, better worship from the music to the preaching to all the parts in between. Um, emphasizing prayer, creating and inviting an evangelistic culture, inviting new people to come be with us. Um, uh, thoughtful updates to our time and location and, and, and what that looks like. Meaningful membership and, 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 and all that stuff. And all that stuff is, is incredibly important. And that's what we're beginning to do, to try to do this thing with excellence. But I, I want to close with this idea. Um, North Coast Church, now look, here I go talking about a mega church. Look, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. But, um, but there's this church on the, on the West Coast. It's called North Coast Church. And, uh, and the pastor there, I was reading the story that he told, um, when he had been there for three years, so they, they run like, like 15,000, 20,000, I don't know, they're massive, okay? Um, but in the mid-80s, he'd been there for three years, and, um, and over the course of the first three years, their average growth was negative four people. And uh, so every year, they'd just gotten a little bit smaller. 
And he asked a lot of the same questions. God, am I any good at this? You know, God, can, is this what you called me to do? You know, like, like I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I love these people and they love me and we're doing a lot of good stuff, but, but somehow it feels like we're missing something. And he said, you know, we, we changed a whole lot of operational things to get better that were just important. And, um, but here's the one thing that we did that was more important than anything else. Is he said, um, he said, we began to, we had a, a pastoral focus on pastoring and leading and loving one another better. And it was from our pastors towards our people. And when our pastors began to love and to serve and to pastor the people that were inside the doors, it made all the difference in the world. And I sit in my office sometimes and I go, man, here I am at work and I see you Sunday and I see you Sunday. And weeks and weeks go by. And look, I'm not going to drop by your house all the time, okay? But, but just some consideration that, that, I, that pastoring goes beyond just what I'm doing right here. And so my commitment in not coming down is to being a pastor who pastors people. And that part of it is incredibly important to me. So feel free to get excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about, about saying, God, we're going to do all we can to do what you've called us to do. Consider where God has called you to plug in, what he's called you to do, and recognize this. God is at work, and he and, and these are his plans to do something big. And so I'm asking you to join me and to join him in the work that he's already planning to do. Let me pray. God, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you that the success of this place has nothing to do with who I am, but has everything to do with who you are. And so for everything that we just said, God, yet again I just say that we put it in your hands. God, may we get on board with what you've planned to do. Amen.